Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Welcome to beforehand. I want to be able to speak into families here today. And uh, the family unit can be complicated. Hands up, who knows that can be the truth? A few more hands go up there, a bit more receptive there. It can be complicated. But I believe that God, still one of his greatest gifts that he can give us, is indeed the family unit. You know, God's not calling us to have perfect families. Some of you guys think, thank the Lord for that. <laughs> He's not calling us to be perfect. I'm not too sure about you, but I have remembered many, many times of even coming to church and having a fight with my family beforehand. And <laughs> you're like, we're going to church now. We'll enjoy it. You'll smile and you'll praise the Lord. You'll have fun and it'll be okay. And, uh, you know, families are not necessarily perfect, but God is actually calling us and he's empowering us to raise godly families here today. You know, we live in a bit of a wild old world these days. And I remember probably 30 or so years ago, the world was very different to what it is right now. I remember one of my biggest problems being what cereal, cereal will I eat for breakfast this morning and uh, how to get my year three crush, Joanna Bullock, how to like me. <laughs> that was pretty much my biggest problem of the whole wide world at the time when I was growing up. And, uh, and how do I organise myself a mixtape because the mixtapes were the way to go. None of these iPods or you know, all the things we have here today. But our kids have been raised in a very different world today. Who would agree? And if I've got some permissions here this morning, I want to speak pretty honestly with us today because I actually think this is a really important topic. And again, not to try and exclude anyone who may not have children here today, but I think together as a church, my hope is today we can walk away here today being stirred together about wanting to lead the young people, the people that are around us here today, in the ways of the Lord. And it's a heartbeat that I have here today. So I've got a message here today. It's titled, Six Gifts to Give Your Kids. Six Gifts to Give Your Kids. If you've got your Bibles here today, why don't you pull them out? If you've got something to write on, I encourage you to write some notes here today. I think it will do us very, very well. I want to talk about generational blessings that can be passed down to us here today. I'm going to start in the, in the uh, Scriptures of 2 Timothy verses 1. And sometimes when you read the Scripture, if you're not careful, you can miss important things that come across us. And I've read this Scripture many times before without necessarily jumping out, but when I read this, it jumped out to me, and this is where the heartbeat of this message has come from. And this is Paul talking to Timothy, who was a, a spiritual son um, of, of Paul's. He's talking to them, talking to him during this time. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. And churches, there's something that I would love our church to be known as. It'd be that our people have a sincere faith. Not a, not a wishy-washy one. Not one that we kind of, kind of fake until you make it. Not one that you kind of just put on for a Sunday morning. But there is actually indeed a sincere faith. There's a substance to who we are, a substance to our faith with our Lord Almighty, that He's reminded of His sincere faith, which first lived. Everyone say lived. I want to get you guys a bit more wacky this morning. Everyone say, say lived. Lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and it says, I am persuaded that now lives in you also. 
Paul is saying here there is a faith that's in Timothy that did not necessarily originate in him. And what's interesting, it doesn't even say that he gives the credit to God. He gives the credit in this particular instance to his grandmother and then his mom. And he's saying that there is a faith that's in you that was carried from one generation down to another generation, down to another generation. And again, this is where I love having a cross-generational church that we can indeed see generation after generation of people who are committed to following the Lord. They are committed to actually going out after that Deuteronomy 6 Scripture that we will indeed love the Lord your God, not with just part of our hearts, but with all of our hearts, all of our souls and all of our strength here. And I wonder here this morning, we can understand the power of being able to understand what is on you, what is in you, the God that you follow, the God that you love with all your heart, can indeed be the God that actually is passed on generation to generation. I want to remind us that God refers to himself not just as the God of Abraham, but he refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants to be, he's the God of generations here. There's a scripture in uh, Exodus chapter 29, and uh, you don't have the scripture here, Joe, don't worry about it. But in Exodus 29, it's talking in a scripture about uh, there's a man named Aaron. He's the high priest of the time, and he's alive. He's currently the, the main guy leading the people in terms of the ways of the Lord during the time. And the Lord's talking to him about this garment that he wears. You gotta imagine me right now wearing a big garment. Uh, that the priests at the time they would, they would wear garments, and 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 God is instructing, God is speaking to uh, the uh, the man uh, Aaron during this time. He's saying that this garment that you're wearing right now, yes, you're wearing it, but you're not gonna be wearing it forever. And it goes on in verse thirty. It says that your sons will actually be wearing this garment in time. So it's almost like saying. Enjoy it while it's on you now, but there's coming a time when you're going to pass this down to your next generation. You're going to pass it down to your sons. And my encouragement here for us here today is that, that yes, we are called to love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our minds, all of our strength. But I want to encourage us, there's something on us, something that we're wearing here today that can be indeed passed down to our sons, to our daughters, to our grandkids one day. And that can be passed on with the strength that they may indeed love the Lord your God as well. My message here today is to stir us up here today, as to encourage, as to in some ways be a bit prophetic for us here today in a sense where we can be of encouragement to one another. Because here's what I'm convinced of. That if this is true, that what we wear today matters, this is why integrity matters. This is why holiness matters. This is why prayer matters. This is why forgiveness matters. This is why generosity matters. This is why getting hatred out of your heart matters. This is why uh, the way that we live our lives matters because it makes a difference for those going beyond us. So I mentioned beforehand, I've got six gifts that we can give our kids, six gifts that we can pass on. Well, why don't we quickly pray before we jump into that. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the absolute privilege it is to meet together here today. God, before we do anything more, we want to give you all the glory. We worship you here today. We lift up you, Lord Father, as the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I pray today May this message resonate in hearts today. May it stir us up. May it challenge us, Lord Father, that we may indeed 
walk out of this place transformed because of the power of your word. Be with us here today. Holy Spirit, go before us in Jesus' mighty name. If you've got your notes here today, the very first gift that we can give our kids is a love for the word of God. A love for the word of God. Isaiah 40 verses 8, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. There is something eternal that you can give your child. It is the word of God. Hands up, he loves giving gifts. About 15 of you guys. <laughs> you poor kids. Um, you poor kids. Um, hands up with all the dads out there that buy their kids, a PlayStation for them, but really it's actually for you. Um, We can give our kids gifts, but things come and they go. But what is eternal is the Word of God. The Bible is God's chosen vessel to speak to us. And you cannot know God without knowing His Word. You see, you you can try to have a connection point with God, but you only create an idol if it's without the Bible. See, God without the Bible always ends up in idolatry. Why? Because you end up creating a God in your image of what you think God should look like. And if I can sharpen, if I can, if I can help us here today, mums and dads, we've got to be found with the Word of God, not just in our hands, but in our hearts here today. The book is the only book, the Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. It's a bit like a mirror. Anyone been out to dinner beforehand? My wife does this all the time, where we might eat some sort of like delicacy where there's like a little bit of black in the corner of your teeth. Anyone been there beforehand? And she goes, is there anything in my teeth right now? Anything in my teeth right now? And I say, no, darling, there's nothing in your teeth right now. But the Bible's like a mirror where you can indeed see things and what it does, it reveals things in you. I know when I read the Bible and I've got a forgiveness issue, I get challenged because of that. Because I can't read about what Jesus says about forgiveness without them being challenged myself about how I deal with my own forgiveness. My own forgiveness, the forgiveness towards others. Or hatred, or anger, or jealousy, or a whole range of different things. What the Bible does, it reveals things to us. And when we allow the Bible to speak to us in this way, what happens is we get character transformation. We start to be changed from the inside out because of what the Bible can do for us. Is this a little bit too old school for us here today? Is this okay? Uh, I think it's important for us here today. I'm telling you the truth here that we need to gift our children with a love for the Scriptures. Parents, one of the best things you can do is model, and not just model, but actually be seen reading your Bible. It's gotten really quiet in here. (laughs) And I'm challenged by this myself. Because I think to myself, how often my, my daughter sees my phone in my hands or me watching sport on TV. And these things are not bad. But I also then wonder, how much does she see me with my word in my hands? I wonder how often, and this is one thing I've been challenged recently about, is when my daughter Ivy comes to me with questions, and she has a whole array of questions these days. In fact, you can't shut her up about questions. <laughs> God bless her. But she comes with questions all the time. And I'm now being challenged and I say, instead of just giving my answer, which I think is still a good answer, I say, let's get Bible says about this. And again, parents, mums, dads, and whoever might be here today, wonder if we can go to ask the question, what does the Bible say about this? I welcome, every, welcome everybody to go down this journey of, of finding the Word of God in our hands. It's number two, 
give, you can give your child the gift of prayer. You can give your child the gift of a prayer life. Now, every night, in fact, if I was to be honest, I'll say most nights. There's some nights I think, oh, Ivy, just go to bed. <laughs> but most nights, I'll, I'll have a place where I'd like to be able to come, whether it's myself or, or Ali, and we want to be able to pray with our children before they go to bed. Now, just before bed is actually a really special and powerful time. But we can find ourselves praying for our kids and, and encouraging our kids that their first response can be prayer, not a last resort. And what we encourage in our house and I encourage in our, our church's households will be that we will be, uh, we'll have houses that are filled with prayer. You know, Ivy at the moment, she has moments where she gets quite scared at night times, um, particularly if there's a thunderstorm going on. Um, she's like a dog where she just like gets scared of all the, uh, all the thunder and so forth. And she's like, I'm scampering. I can hear the footsteps in the middle of the night. I think, oh, here she comes. Um, and she says, Dad, can you come and pray for me? And I think to myself, I love that now is her first response. Why? Not because I'm necessarily a good parent, but because we've modelled prayer in the household as being something that we can invite the presence of God into those moments. Mums and dads, can we be found praying with our kids? And not just saying grace before, <laughs> and grace is good and pray for your food and so forth, but, but find yourself praying, lifting up the name of Jesus, not just for problems, but just find yourself praying for our kids. Uh, I've written down here, your child won't always remember what you've said in your prayers, but what they will remember is how they felt when you prayed. And I want to encourage us here today, let's be people of prayer, lifting up the name of Jesus in our houses. Number three, it's okay, Zora. says, this one might get a bit more quiet. Um, give the gift of discipline. Give the gift of discipline. You know, as I look into our world today, we have too many parents who instead of parents, you know, they're friends. And I'll encourage us here today, there is a distinct difference between a parent and a friend for our kids. I'm convinced actually that if you parent when they're young, you get to be their friend when they're older. And if we can find ourselves doing some of the hard yards, because let's face it, sometimes we don't want to have to do it. It takes effort. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes holding a line at times. What encourages us here today be one that encourages discipline. I'm convinced that discipline is a gift, that boundaries are a gift. You know, when you go home tonight, when you lock your house, you close that door, you put that padlock across the door or whatever you might do to secure your house, that is a gift. Why? Because you get to sleep at night knowing that there's a boundary between you and potentially anyone else. And the same thing is true for our kids, that if we can find ourselves giving boundaries, discipline, having some, 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 some sort of uh, boundaries for our kids, they will be blessed because of it. And discipline is a gift. And you decide it. You decide it, not your kids. <laughs> oh, but Dan, they kind of just want to sleep whenever they want to sleep. No, 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 you tell them when to sleep. Oh, but Dan, they only really ever eat certain, you know, at this time, they, they kind of want to eat, you know, later at night. No, you tell them, this is the time, Johnny, when we're going to have dinner tonight. Or maybe it's like, hey, um, you know, I, 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 they, they want to watch all Netflix or anything they really want to watch. No, you govern what they watch and what they don't watch. 
oh, but I really want to have Instagram, Dad. But no, no, you tell them when that's ready for them to have Instagram or social media and so forth. You are the one that dictates that kind of stuff. But Dan, I really love this boy. He's like my love of my life. And I'm six years old. And God, the Lord's told me I'm going to marry him one day. You are the mom. You are the dad. You dictate the boundary lines. And I'm not going to be one that tells you where exactly it has to be. You need to do that. You need to call the boundary lines and it will become a blessing for your kids. Three thoughts for our discipline. Don't play good, bad, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> if there's a scenario here where mum and dad are around, don't play good cop, bad cop. Ali's like nodding. <laughs> yeah, preach it, Dan. <laughs> it's important. Be on the same page together. You're a partnership. Number two, um, don't match your kids' emotions. Ever been those moments where they're screaming their head off in the middle of Woolies Isles and you just want to yell at them so loudly? Like, or they, can I tell a story? <laughs> Oliver pinched someone the other day <laughs> and Ali pinched them back. No, no. <laughs> um, we can find ourselves matching emotions. Let it rest a little bit. I'll never forget my mum and dad who were, they, they've done this for me. And I'll never forget being in trouble and mum saying, go to your room. And I used to think that going to your room was a part of the discipline. But knowing my mum now, it was actually so that she could calm down a little bit. <laughs> and I never forget thinking, I'm dead meat. I am dead meat being there. But it's actually more of a time where things can just settle down, settle down a bit. Emotions can drop down a little bit. We can find ourselves uh, not matching the emotion of the moment with our kids. They are learning and they are, um, we're not to lower ourselves to their level. Number, number three in terms of discipline is be consistent. Be consistent. Probably the most important, your kids will crave consistency. When the goalposts are constantly moving, people get confused by it. Adults get confused by it. Anyone gets confused by it. Your kids, they need consistency. Help them that way. So number three, give your child discipline. Number four, give them presence. And not presence as in gifts, presence. When you're with them, be with them. If there's one thing that I'd be asked for, it's not food, although she does ask that for a little bit. She's a Warren. Um, <laughs> it's not necessarily, can I have more toys? It's, Dad, can I have your attention? Uh, can you be with me? I initially had give your kids time, but time's one thing and it's important, but presence is far more important because you can be in the area without being there with your child. And my encouragement today is give your child presence and your child will know when you're around. They know it. And uh, a key part of this would be Discover and find out what your child loves and sow into it. I had a moment the other day where Ivy, she loves the Easter show. And I hate the Easter show. <laughs> Lots of people everywhere. And I wasn't even originally going, but I ended up going. And I just know that the joy that she finds in that moment, I was, I was challenged by it. And I, again, I still didn't enjoy it, but I knew, I knew how much she enjoyed it. And so being there with her was really important. She loves soccer right now. And I love soccer. And this is one thing I'll definitely encourage her in. <laughs> but pretty much every single training session, 
where possible, every single game where possible, I'm there. I'm on the sideline. I'm cheering her on. She might be the slowest little one in the back there, but I'm cheering. I'm saying, darling, you go for it. Go for it. And there is a presence that you can have with your child. My encouragement for us here today, discover what and how, where your child finds the place where they can have joy and sow into that here this morning. Give them presence. Give them presence. What else we got here? Number five. Give your child a love for the God, love for God's house. Give your child the gift of a love for of God's house. Joshua twenty four verses fifteen says, "But as for me, and I wonder if we can have some mums and dads, particularly dads here this morning. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We found in the house of God. We were found in a place where we worship Him and we are showing the ways of the Lord to our kids. And this this is a decision that you make." And look, here's the reality. We can't make the decision for every single one of our kids all the time. We've got to raise them in a way that they start to make wise decisions for themselves. But I want to encourage, where possible, make the decision where we will be found in the house of God. We will be found in, in gathering together as, as a faith community. We will be found stepping, uh, walking in the ways of the Lord. Psalm 84 verses 10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Your kids need to be in youth ministry. Your kids need to be in, in kids ministry. We need to find ourselves in places where they're involved in atmospheres and encounters and opportunities to meet with God. You know, I'll never forget... I'll never forget, I was sitting here, I was actually praying for someone else at the moment and my daughter comes bounding up from down from, from, down from our kids' ministry and she had this little piece of paper in her hands and the little piece of paper said, today I gave my life to Jesus. And she came around and she pulled on my toe and I, I usually would say, just give me a second, darling, but I just felt like I needed to respond to it and I, I actually almost forgot about the person I was praying for. If it was you, I'm sorry about that, but my daughter's gave her life to Christ and I'll never forget having that moment where she said, today I gave my life to Jesus, Dad. And I'll never forget asking her questions about it and how it all went. I think it was Christy O'Hara. Is she here this morning by any chance? I'm not too sure if she hasn't seen it yet. But Christy O'Hara, she led the, the kids' talk during the time and she invited an opportunity for, for Ivy and a few others to be able to receive Jesus and she put her hand up, she responded to Jesus and her life was transformed in that moment. What am I saying here, guys? We're going to try and find ourselves where our kids are found in atmospheres in the presence of God where they because you don't know what talk it might be. You don't know when it might be a prayer or an encouragement or it's a time where they can be lifted up. You don't know that moment moment that they might be finding themselves in the depths of where they might be and they respond to something where they say, God, I need you right now. And for Ivy, she responded in that particular moment. If you don't see, if you see the church as optional now, don't be surprised that when your child grows up, they see God as unnecessary. Can I encourage us? God loves the house of God. God loves the church. And again, the church is more than just a building. The church is more than just a service. It's a people. It's a group. It's a fellowship of Jesus. It is a way where we can come together and worship his name, exalt his name above else. Let's have a time and a place where we as parents encourage our Parents, help your kids by making a commitment to prioritize the house, serve in the house, speak well of the church, speak of your leaders, <laughs> your parent, your kids are listening to you. 
You know those times when you like think, oh, that Dan, he's a jerk. I don't like him at all, blah, 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 blah. Your kids are listening to you. If I'm a jerk, that's okay. Do it behind the scenes. Don't talk to your kids. <laughs> Come and talk to me privately about it. It's okay. Don't make it optional. As for me in my house. Number, four, number six. I'm going to close on this one here today. Give your child or give your children words of blessings. Words of blessings. I don't know who coined the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. Because it's not true. And I clearly have not read the Bible before. You see, reality with our words, they make a big difference. A huge, especially to the father. In my job, I had the, the great privilege, and I do account as a privilege to hear about people's stories. And I'm amazed at the amount of times when people share about pain, hurt, some sort of traumatic moment in their life. I'm amazed at how often that can be tracked back to a point in their life where a significant figure, more often than not a mum or a dad, have words that cut them and literally pierce them and it sticks with them. And sometimes I'm talking to 40, 50, 60-year-olds. Our words matter. I'm calling on mums and dads to become prophets of your home. Where you speak the words of life. You speak words of encouragement. You speak the words of Jesus. You speak the words of the Bible over your, over your kids' lives. Words matter. They carry a spiritual power. It's a powerful scripture. In, in, uh, and Jacob, in this particular scripture, he's, he's talking to his 12 sons. And it's found in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 28. It says, All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father was saying to them when he blessed them, giving each of them and a blessing appropriate to him. Look at that word each, particularly if you have multiple children. Be careful of words like, I wish you were more like your sister. Or... Gee, I just wish like you were a bit more like your brother. <laughs> what he does here is he gives each of them a blessing that's appropriate to each of their kids. All your kids are different. And here's what Jacob does in, in chapter 49. He says, he lines his sons up. He says, Jacob, this is the word for you. Joseph, this is the word for you. Benjamin, this is the word for you. Reuben, this is the word for you. And he goes through the 12 sons and he blesses them. And the Bible talks about how those words became a reality upon those kids. Let me tell you something. You have to become the prophet of your home, Dad. You have to become the prophet of your home, Mum. You need to be able to look at your children and not just speak to them and speak into them. I wonder if we can be parents who indeed actually talk to our kids in a way where we can encourage them to their heart. 
We can tell them how beautiful they are. We can tell them how handsome they are. We can tell them how talented they are. We can tell them the truths of, of the world that we live in right now. But we can speak life over them. We can speak encouragement to them. In fact, I actually wonder if... I, I feel like the husband wanted to release something in the atmosphere today. If you're, if you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or someone that's of significant care and over a child, why don't, why don't you stand to your feet now? I want, I want to pray for us here today. I want, I want to release this sense of the words that you have there to speak into your kids' lives, they matter. And I feel as though there's a there's a word here for, for us, and especially for those who might be doubting themselves right now. And the word is, everything that you need is in you already. Everything that you need, it's in you. I don't believe that God creates half-cooked pies for us. <laughs> Everything's in you. I wonder if your hand's out right now. Your eyes closed. You think about your family, those who are around. I wonder if we can, just like our seven or eight parents beforehand did, we can come to a place where we declare Jesus, declare the Lord, the center of our lives, a commitment to Him where we say, God, I want to love you with all of my life, every part of me. Where there can be a prayer that says, God, help me. Holy Spirit, I need your help on this. I start off by saying no one's perfect, but I do believe in this moment he's wanting to help us. He's empowering us to live godly and have godly families. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.